Well, <laughs> this is the energy we have this week. Is Blake doesn't have a camera. Dylan's passed out in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, don't know what happened to Dylan. We lost him somewhere outside Barstow. Fuck. I even, I went so far as to say, hey, Megaran, you want to come do a podcast? And he was like, I just released a new EP. It would be great to promote it. But no, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be with you guys. Well, we can promote it for him. Well, it's not like he's ever done a wrestling podcast, so I feel like it would make him real nervous. That's true. Fight Boys, the show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I am your host, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore. And it's me, it's me, old Sleepy B, Blakey T. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, damn. You kept going on that one. I'm real proud of you. <laughs> yeah, it's completely unlike all my others where I just kind of fizzle out at the end. So we've been waiting, what would you say, a solid hour to record this? Almost an hour and, and 20 minutes now, and I'm kind of worried about Dylan. I'm Because <laughs> Dylan did see the message saying, we're about to record, bud, where you at? And no reply. So I am slightly worried. I, I'm also worried if he calls during the show. Because that means I'm going to have to pull some quick moves to get him in here. Yeah, that'll be real interesting. He could just pop in the chat. It's fine. I so want at- Dylan to write out a six-page paper in Twitch chat detailing his rant for Ring of Honor that he wanted to do. I guess we should put that in, because ROH, we'll just get into it right now, because like you were saying before the show, we are both very out of the wrestling loop this week, which is weird, because I went to AEW. <laughs> but... <laughs> As far as ROH is concerned, I will say, if the, uh, I guess, I, would you call them firings? Would you call them terminations? What? Um, I guess a little bit of both, because didn't the, didn't the twins, did they leave or were they fired? The twins were apparently, okay, so we've already heard about the stuff from, um, yeah, Joey Mercury. We've heard about the stuff with Kelly Klein. Now the Tate twins, who are also known as Dalton Castle's boys, they've been let go from the company, and apparently there was nothing to let them know that they were being let go. They were just like, yeah, we're just, we just don't work there anymore, I guess, and they're just not going to tell us that until the day of, and it's kind of bullshit. So two and- of, like, some of the most, you know... They were some of the workhorses of Ring of Honor, right? Oh, dude, like, I knew the Tate Twins before they were Dalton Castle's boys. I saw them in uh, GFW, not GCW, uh, Global Force back in the day wrestling the best friends in, like, the main event and putting on a fucking clinic. They are amaz- they're an amazing tag team. And then they got to ROH, and I guess Delirious was like... Hey, you could be two feather boys for this flamboyant Joey Mercury motherfucker. And they were and, great, by the way. And they were fantastic. They played their roles to a T. And that's what they said in their little open letter that they released about their uh, about their firing. Is They were like, we've been there for five plus years putting in as much work as we can. 
and yet this is how they treat us after all of that. No run with the tag titles, which I think they honestly deserved. I can't believe they never had the tag titles. Yeah, even if it was just as Dalton Castle's boys, something to let them show off who they are. Because they are great wrestlers, and ROH just said, eh, whatever. Yeah, that's that's the state of ROH. Like, that just puts a pin in it, and it's yeah. dead. It, it's a rough one. I will say I may, I may go to an ROH show, <laughs> because uh, Gazi, the Patreon champion himself... Apparently got a message from PCO just being like, hey, we're giving away tickets and plane rides and hotels to final battle. Enter the contest, but you have to tag someone you want to bring with you. And he just tags me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, fuck, okay. I'd love to. I may not go to final battle. I might just go see Hamilton. (laughs) Dude. just go fucking see Hamilton. <laughs> I'm out there scalping to buy Hamilton tickets. Me and Gazi are like, hey, we got two tickets to Final Battle. We will sell them for however much it would take to get us tickets to see Hamilton. Um, or sl- sir, it- that's worth exactly .7 Hamilton tickets. <laughs> um, also, it would be called Slamilton because of wrestling. Because this is still a wrestling podcast. Who... That's such a good name, though. Alexander Slamilton? Uh, bud, I'm gonna need you to keep that in the back pocket next time you record an episode of Developmentally Unstable. Oh, shit. (laughs) That is it. In the chat, Gazi just goes, Oh, my boy, we are not going to ROH. We are going to literally anything else. We will be eating shawarma in the post credit scene of The Avengers before we go to fucking final battle. Uh PCO's gonna be upset. He's like... Um, my friends, I'm sorry I brought you here for to see me win the ROH championship. And we're like, hey, love you, dude. Fuck off. Sorry about you, bud. Get with a better company. So Yeah, I mean, and he would do amazing. I love PCO to yeah. death. He's one of, I mean, I feel like after the elite left, <laughs> Delirious just went in a spiral and was like, we need something we need something let's just give it to pco i guess pco dalton castle and jay lethal are the only thing keeping that company together because i guarantee you when roosh leaves or when roosh loses the championship he is not sticking around long no it it's funny that you mentioned like after the elite leaving that they just had no plan because i think that you can see they're on two sides of the spectrum what does New Japan do when the Elite leaves? They build up new stars. What does Ring of Honor do? That. PCO. <laughs> PC. Well, it is also a fact of, like, New Japan. They lose their top star in Kenny Omega. Oh, damn. Gazi does bring up. PCO in GCW would be amazing. That would be great. Yes. Um, But we can't go down that rabbit hole because it will become a sentence where we just start saying letters. And that's it for a full sentence. Oh, is it? I think that G, like GCW is kind of like the golden age of Ring of Honor right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get, I, dude, I fucking love GCW. I'm gonna, I have work that day, but I'm gonna find a way to change my work schedule just so we could go to Nashville for that GCW show. Like the the show that we saw last time, it just it hooked me into GCW. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But, yeah, like I was saying, I feel like New Japan had a slight advantage because they lost their big... uh, He was a babyface, but their biggest heel, heel guy in the form of Kenny Omega, and they went... Oh, we have the perfect new white foreigner. Here's Jay White. And they just had that charisma ball and threw it in the center of the ring. Meanwhile, with ROH, they were like, Silas Young. We got him. Y'all like Silas? Mm -hmm. And I don't, maybe it's just me, but like having Bully Ray come in and just have as much power as he had was not, it didn't help. It's it's akin to the NWO and WCW. And that was Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. Three of, like, huge names in the business. And that's no insulting Bully Ray. He's done a lot. But also, he is not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> the, uh, it is almost... the uh, better comparison for me wouldn't be, like, when uh, TNA brought in the NWO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and let them run roughshod a lot uh, after their prime, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, speaking of things, let's just get all the bad shit out in the front. Yeah. Is Lana just bad? Is she just real bad at her job and we've just never noticed it before because she had a fun Russian accent? She was... No, I will say, she was perfect as Rusev's valet... As, like, mm-hmm. the stern Russian, like, coming yep. in and basically just, like, holding this massive attack dog's leash. But then, then Rusev's push died, Rusev died, and then they started, <laughs> you you started seeing the cracks form. Because, like, they found something that Lana was good at, and everything else since then she has not been good at. Yeah, you'd think that, like, after what has been universally panned of a performance last week from Lana, this week she'd come out and be like, alright, I gotta bring the fucking fire this week. And then she goes on to be like, Rusev, which I still don't get why she always adds the trill on the R of Rusev, but she does. Rusev is not allowed within 90 miles of me. Wait, nope, 90 date. Wait, no, not 90 date. 90 feet. And it really, I don't, and apparently that was the plan. Not the 90 days part, but she was supposed to say 90 miles. Then Bobby was going to correct her and she'd say 90 feet. I don't know why you would ever do that because it just gives it, it becomes the most impotent thing of all time. It's just like, you need to know. The stars, the people that should have promo time. She's just not someone who should have promo time, even if every little single thing is written for her. And, and you know, I hate saying that about somebody who wants to be a performer, but it's just, uh, unless she were to improve or take time to improve or want to improve, because it doesn't look like any of those things have happened. It's just going to be bad. It's just going to be bad. Well, the bad thing about it is the fact that she goes, he's not allowed within 90 miles. And me watching, I went, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how they're going to work around this. Maybe she has to be completely out of state or something. And then she goes, oh, wait, 90 feet. And that's when I went, oh, okay. So all he has to do is distract her, 
get her out of the fucking, like, literally just out of the main arena. That's it. And then he can attack Bobby Lashley. That's it. It's that easy. Yeah. And it it just, it's like it comes off as, like, they're just making her character extremely stupid. Fucking Gazi. I want Rusev to bring a gun to Raw next week and say, I just need 91 feet, motherfucker. Bam! Gazi, Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> you, you remember when I was so excited about The Fiend and the fact that, wow, they're really not fucking this up. They could fuck this up so hard, but they haven't. And then they fucked it up. They fucked it up so bad that their biggest draw for Monday or for I'm sorry, SmackDown now, The Fiend, people were leaving during his match because that red fucking light is so blinding and annoying that it was li- like literally giving people headaches and forcing them out of the arena. Yeah, dude, that red light also Have you ever ro- worn like I'm I'm sure you have a pair of red glasses, like red tinted glasses? I've got some on my desk right over here, buddy. There you go. You know what it's like when you've been wearing those things for a long time, and you take them off, and it's painful. Yeah, it's real rough. It's like physically, red light, it actually, like, makes you sleepy, because it's, it's essentially nightlight. Mm-hmm. The reason that, like, you have all of these apps and stuff that block out blue light is it just increases the re- the amount of red light so you can sleep better. So you can yeah. keep your circadian rhythms running. You put red light in the middle of an arena, you're going to make people sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> or just angry. And not angry in a, I hope he wins kind of way. Angry in a, I want to fucking leave kind of way. There's a lot of things that red light does, and it's not conducive to a stage environment. Now, speaking of The Fiend, um, oh shit, uh, Paul Benson, who I believe was actually one of the people who came to the watch party at DragonCon, he goes, I was at SmackDown, we had box seats that were fairly high, the red light was so bad, it bathed the entire arena in red, it was horrifying to watch live. Yeah, it's a bad idea, my dude. Yeah, that's utterly terrible, especially if they've got it pointing straight up into the rafters. So into where most of the crowd is, that's horrible. How's it going, Paul? Now, <laughs> now I will say, speaking of uh, speaking of the fiend. So the SmackDown Universal Title needed to change. It needed to be blue now because they're on the blue brand, not the red brand. Does it not make obvious, like the obvious choice to be give Bray an awesome, like, have you seen the picture of the belt that had like, let me in stitched all over it? Yeah, give him a new belt. Give him his own belt. Give him fucking that. Or even like a creepy, like Firefly Funhouse puppet belt. I don't care. And then whoever wins it off of him in God knows what dumb fashion they're going to do it, have that happen. And then they can have the blue belt. They could be the one like, this is a belt of a demon. I don't want this. I want the true championship. Hold up a blue belt or a redone belt or anything possible. Is it bad? That I'm actually really, really fucking scared. And I don't want to get too much into predictions, but like, what fuck, what the fuck happens if, if Daniel Bryan wins his Survivor Series? 
He has blue belt. He has blue belt. Uh, that that was <laughs> I loved Dylan because he went on a fucking rant about that blue belt. He was just like, so it's just fucking blue now. That's the thing. It's just a blue fucking belt. I'm like, it went from strawberry flavored to blue raspberry, and he just without like, missing yep. a beat goes, give it to fucking Liv Morgan then. Jesus Christ. That would be so great though, wouldn't it? Just have her have a blue belt and constantly licking on it and being like, it's blue raspberry. So, Seth Rollins really wants to fucking fight CM Punk, don't he? He really wants to fight CM Punk. And Punk is like, now I'm Fox, bud. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> I do not have a contract with y'all, my dude. I can't. And Seth, and it's not coming off as a, and it might be my own personal biases about Seth Rollins, but it's not coming off as a, this is a dream match. It started back in NXT. You were WWE champion. I was NXT champion. This just makes logical sense. That would be a great way to build it. Instead, Seth is on Twitter like, fucking fight me. Fight me, you coward. Do it. It makes me sad how far Seth's character has fallen. <laughs> Apparently. Ten minutes ago, they ran a segment of Punk just telling Seth Rollins to stop tweeting him. That is great. It's kind of weird, man. I fucking love Fox Punk. Fox Punk is great. I I will also say, Punk did tweet a thing saying, like, damn, it's hard to catch up on five years of wrestling. Here a lot of go. A lot of shit's gone down. Like, the women's wrestling's been fantastic. He's always been a fan of women's wrestling, so he's talking about all of that. And then Seth Rollins is like... You f- just fight me! I'll catch you up on wrestling in ten minutes, pal! Get in the ring with me! I'm like, you remember the punk promo against Rocky where he's like, your arms are too short to box with God? That's how this feels right now. You mean, except it's Seth saying, my arms are too short to box with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Punk's just staring at him and implying it. Like He's like, you get this, right? Like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is... <laughs> This is not what I'm here for. I'm done. I, you know, I I just want to do my talking dead shit about wrestling. Yeah. And I will say I do enjoy uh, Punk literally coming out this week on backstage because that's what I was watching during uh, while we were waiting on people to wake up. Uh, apparently, Punk, he just went off like. I am not signed to WWE. I have no deal with them. I have no concern for them. And that means I will talk as much shit as I want to. I will go as hard in the paint on WWE as I need to. And I do like it because I, I want to start watching backstage more because it's an interesting vibe. This sh- It's almost like a talking smack vibe that it's giving off because they're they're not. They're, they're literally going to the Smarks. This is the show for the Smarks saying like, hey, we all know, right? It's <laughs> we like, all we know that Santa Claus isn't real. We all know the deal. Let's have some fun. I, I always so- I appreciate stuff like that because I miss talking smack so much. Yeah, and uh, he, there was just like a sit-down with Renee where Punk was like, yeah, I've been watching the product and trying to get get educated for what's what's been happening, what's going to be next, and um, yeah, I'm going to go off the cuff. I don't care. I'll say whatever I want. I would Of course love, he is. That's what he's always done. I would love, and this is almost an entire impossibility at this point, if Punk went 
to wrestle for AEW while still being on WWE backstage every single week. I would love it. Oh, uh, that would be nice. I don't... <laughs> Judging by Twitter, I don't think that's going to happen, but damn, that would be good, huh? See, this is another thing that I think WWE backstage would be great, is if they... And there's no way they could do it because of, like, contracts and having to get the rights to show film from other companies, but I'd love if they talked about shit that happened in other companies and other wrestlers and basically shed a light on the independent wrestling scene. They don't have to do AEW and shit like that, but them just being like, yo, at GCW Effie drank orange juice out of fucking Cassidy's mouth, baby. Man, that was a good fucking segment. Oh, I, I would actually, like, and I would love if they did that kind of stuff um, after the actual wrestling shows. Because if you do it during the shows, it you get a whole... Uh, Mick Foley winning the World Heavyweight Championship uh, kind yeah. of situation. So it's like you can keep your own viewers in the wrestling show, but then you could just talk all the shit you want afterwards. Yeah. Uh, apparently they did a review of the Roman dog segment from SmackDown where Barry Corbin brought out a dude in a fucking bulldog outfit and it was real garbage dookie. Um, and apparently Punk just goes, this is just bad. Bad creative, bad story. Less I say, the better. <laughs> and yes, I love, I already love Fox Punk so oh, much. That rem- that reminds me of a story I saw Moxley telling um, earlier this week. And uh, he used the phrase, uh, it was after, do you remember when he yelled out, give me my fucking belt after a match what, or something? And what, then, like, uh, was it in WWE? Yes. Um, no, I don't remember that. It does sound like something that would have happened after the uh, Sweet Caroline drunk <laughs> drunk entrance, though. Oh, uh, it's so good. But, like, he was say, uh, he said, give me my fucking belt. And it was loud enough that the mics picked it up, so they had to uh, dump the audio. So he was made the day after to go backstage and apologize to everybody and then go to the production truck and apologize to everybody, and then do it again because they didn't think that his apology was satisfactory enough. Where oh my, and it was somebody that came up to him and said, oh. "You know, listen, I know you're a different type of cat, but this is TV." And he he's really focused on that phrase. You're a different type of cat. You know, my, <laughs> you know, John, you're a different type of cat. We get that. That's fine. That's great. And then it was just all people like remembering the times that they heard someone in WWE be called a different type of cat. And it's like, that's their word for someone they don't like. I would genuinely buy a shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees that's Moxley, like Moxley adjacent that says a different kind of cat. I would buy that in a fucking heartbeat. That sounds amazing. It's a, it's a shitty, it's like a mangy road cat and it looks like Moxley. Like it's got the fucking jacket on and everything. I fucking love that. That actually, that actually might, depending on how they do the back, be a shirt I'd wear. So to end this garbage dookie segment of all the bad things that happened this week hey buddy i want to come back and talk to you about wrestling for a little bit i was on nwa power this week and i said some fucking insensitive bullshit hey jim yeah Uh, jimmy jimmy the worst part is uh people were saying 
Like, that's one of his, That's a line that he uses. That's not a defense. No, no, that's no. Act- it's not a defense, but I'm saying the worst part is that's just something he has in his pocket. That's a damnation. So would you like to explain the story? Because I will begin by saying he made a joke and it's not even a funny fucking joke. It, I mean, they were just, I, I just saw like the clip, so I don't know what he said verbatim. Yeah. But they were talking about how fast someone was, how agile he was. And okay. he said something to the effect of he could strap a bunch of meat onto his back and run through Ethiopia and not have to worry about it. So that um, was that. Uh, I will say, bucket of KFC, feel like that adds to the racism of very, it. Yeah, very much so. This is like... And Cornette has a lot of these stupidly problematic lines that he pulls out. One of yeah. them, um, another one people bring up is, um, he pulls up, is like, he's harder than the Challenger! Fuck. Like the, you know, the space shuttle that blew up and killed a bunch of people. That's bad. Oh, gosh, he does bring up the other dick thing Jim Cornette did, which was block Brian Zane on Twitter. Which and is weird, cats- right? <laughs> And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> Little boy blue and the man in the moon. <laughs> Daddy, when that. you coming home, shut the fuck up, you're blocked. You're blocked, motherfucker. Here's the thing. Jim's not even funny to me at this point. Like, how bad he is. It's a point where I don't even want to try to get blocked by him on Twitter, which feels like an OG Fight Boys achievement. I've already blocked him on all my social media just because I don't want to deal with that bullshit anymore. Yep. I, I just so, don't know what to... I, I don't... Yeah. Jim Cornette. <laughs> fucking... I... Your camp webcam is broken this week, but I can say... I can I can hear the fact that your head is in your hands right now. I can hear the rubbing of the temples. <laughs> yeah, it's there. My glasses are completely off. I, yeah. I just don't. So, I don't know. There's not much else to say other than the fact that it's like, you're not coming back on commentary. Yeah. So let's get into Which the good Which kind of sucks because a lot of his commentary was good, but he pulls shit like that out. Yeah, he's a re- he's a real Jerry Lawler. Um, but let's get into the good stuff this week. And one of these is a prod of a very bad thing. But ACH is fucking leaving WWE, baby! Oh, yep, saw that. Getting out of that racist-ass company. And do you can you pull up the text of what he said? Because all I saw was after the live, th- that live stream he did, where he just put... Um, for everyone who did not watch the stream, here is a more safe for work uh, summary of what I said. I fucking quit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, baby. I don't. I don't know because it's like because he left a really toxic environment for himself. Yeah. But I also hope that he gets the help that he needs because he's not. He doesn't seem well, you know. Well. I mean, I 
after that, I wouldn't be well either. Because it wasn't like WWE. WWE did not say like, oh my god, we're so sorry for Jordan Miles and what he's going through right now. We're going to work and like give him the design that his character deserves. Keep in mind, last time I saw Jordan Miles was live at the NXT taping me and Dylan went to. And I got to see him challenge Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And then they come out with this garbage dookie shirt that doesn't matter and is absolutely the worst thing they've produced in a very long time. And instead of being like, we'll give him the shirt that he deserves, they just say, hey, he said he was cool with it. I don't know what y'all are talking about. This is perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just more worried about him than anything. Yeah, I, I'm. I, but I mean... Homeboy is going to be taken care of. If Rich Swan was taken care of after all the shit that happened with him after he left, ACH is definitely going to get taken care of. Like, yeah, th- I, I, think, wouldn't- I think he'll get signed somewhere good as like, I just hope that I hope that the, the, the I hope that um some parts of his rant won't be taken in like a- and follow him forever. I know we talked ad nauseum about how garbage ROH is earlier, but would you not love <laughs> the next rivalry in ROH to be Jay Lethal versus ACH? I mean, that w- that's, that's already... That's one of those things, like, sometimes I don't like real life being brought into storylines. This I would be fucking down with. Because you know the beginning of it has to start with ACH going up to Jay and being like... Yo, I'm fucking sorry. You want to make some money off this, though? <laughs> yep. I mean, or maybe they talked about it beforehand. I'll You'll never fucking know with Twitter. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think that's the case. I don't want to, like, put conspiracy stuff in the air. So it's like... I want him to find a better place. I mean, I will say... Seeing someone go to ROH at this, but, like, Dan Maff, who was actually one of, like, the ROH originals back in the day, he just signed his first wrestling contract in 20 years, and I saw that and went, oh, fuck yeah, Maff deserves this, he's been through a lot, he's gone through a lot in his career, I'm happy he's finally getting an opportunity. He signed a contract with ROH. Uh, fuck! Damn it! Okay! Uh, well, well, he got the he got the contract, I guess, damn it, Okay! Yeah, he got the con- he got the contract. That's a that's a win. But now going back to things that are awesome, let's talk about did you watch Being the Elite this week? Um, no, I didn't. Well, I will say Adam Page is splitting from the Elite, but it was not a heel turn. It was not a Adam Page attacked Kenny Omega in the back or turned heel on Cody. It was him looking at them and being like I'm tired of being the worst member of the elite. I'd much rather just go off on my own for a few. And that is one of my favorite... When a stable or a tag team ends amicably, and it's just one dude being like, I just don't want to do this anymore. That's my favorite shit in the world. Yeah, because because it's actually, like, real shit, man. Yeah. It's it's good to see stuff like that in my wrestling. And I will say, I mean... 
AEW has not presented Hangman as part of the elite, really. The elite has always seemed like Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks, and that's it. And I'm fine with that. Like, it even fits. Like, we are the elite. We are also the VPs of this company. So it makes sense. And it just, um, it's just making room for Marty. Um, <laughs> the end of the episode has um, Hangman walk into his apartment, turn ra- turn around a picture that has all of the elite on it, basically being like I'm turning his back on the elite. And in the bottom corner is Marty Skrull just looking up, <laughs> like looking up on the frame, staring into the camera. And I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> do it! Don't tease me like that, you bastards. Mm-hmm. But before we go to. I mean, I guess it's a commercial. Let's talk about the fact that I'm going to start. I'm going to start right now. We're about five months out. And I know you're not one to like to set things in motion this far out. But you're, I'm gonna, if I have to fucking throw you in a suitcase, I'm taking you to WrestleMania weekend. Because the great Muta is coming to Joey Janela spring break. And that is going to be... Fuck WrestleMania. I know I used to be like, well, we should probably try to go. Fuck it. All I want to do is go to spring break right now. That, yeah, it will be real good, won't it? <sighs> oh, it's, it, dude, you got him, man. I will, I will go, I will send a Blake's cardboard cutout to work at your place of employ. I will put it in a chair and then just be like, yeah, he's working, he's right there. I will Ferris Bueller the fuck out of this if I have to, because the Fight Boys must be represented WrestleMania weekend, all three of us going crazy. Damn it, Seth Rollins ruined the happy moment. What did he do? CM Punk said he did not want to fight Seth Rollins because CM Punk is a Fox employee and not a signed wrestler with WWE. Seth Rollins responds, Hell of a response, coward. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I saw something earlier, and it was Roman talking about the fans turning on Seth, and I was waiting for him and the thing to be like, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of his fault. Like, me and John? Me and John, that was not us. But Seth, it's all on him. Yup. Oh, fuck. It's... I might be able to do WrestleMania weekend. Oh, okay, you're still there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at show dates that I'm interested in and that people are interested in having me in a show in. I might be able to do it. Blake... I'm going to make my final fucking offer right now. And the final offer is this. I will buy tickets for our transportation and you will not have to get on a plane or an automobile. I will buy you train tickets. We will train down to Orlando. We will take a fucking train down. If I if that's what it takes, I will put you on the tracks. Man, I fucking love trains. <laughs> oh, man, I fucking love trains. <laughs> like, damn it. I may have to do it now, because fucking trains. I fucking love trains, baby. Well, if I'm going to afford that train ride, 
I'm going to need a little bit of help from our patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right. Patreon.com slash a load of BS is the website where you can go and support the fight boys. You can become an honorary fight boy like the Patreon champion himself, Ghazi, the man who's trying to get me to final fucking battle, baby. Ghazi, you could be just like Ghazi and pay for us. But better. Better than Ghazi, obviously. You also get access to our Discord, where you can hang out and chat with us. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. If nothing else, donate so I can say a name other than Ghazi every single week. Guys, please, I need it in my heart of hearts. And finally, you get access to our exclusive show, You Paid For This, where Blake and I watch terrible movies and then commentate over them. I know I teased Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector, and we did watch it. And then Blake's audio got messed up, and and, yep. <laughs> and we got real drunk, and then we forgot about it. I don't know, guys. It, it, so instead, we're going to be watching Heavyweights. We're going to be watching a fun, fun Ben Stiller fat kid movie. Which I'm real down for, because I love Heavyweights. <laughs> I know, right, baby? <laughs> And if you want that, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, Blake, who are we tweeting this week? I know this is usually a Dylan gig. And I, okay, I will say, I I don't have a lot to talk about from AEW because, I mean, everyone fucking saw it. It's on TV. But I do have uh, two things, one of which is my baby face of the week. But the other one is the fact that the dark mat, the literal closer, was best friends versus private party. Nice. And it was a great match. It also showed me that Chuck Taylor does not have the, um, I guess, the the ambiance that comes with Cody Rhodes and the Bucks closing the show. So instead, it was just Chuck grabbing a mic and being like, All right, thanks, everybody, for coming. We got fucking shirts. Who wants shirts? And then they throw shirts out to the crowd. They start to leave. And as I, I go up to the guardrail with my phone out trying to get a photo of Chuck and me, or a video of me and Chuck, as I look at him and say, will you follow us on Twitter? I run up and say, Chuck, Chuck, it's the Fight Boys. Chuck looks at me and bolts. He's like, no, 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 no. I can't. I cannot deal with their bullshit right now. And he just no did not come near that side again. That's because, really uh, fucking did- good, because he knows that you're stalking him. Well, I mean, we also didn't talk about this. I did get pseudo-ringside seats, which means, you know how they've got the seats that keep going past the railing? That's where I was. I was in the seats past the railing, but I was in the same section that John Moxley was. That's good. Oh, that's fucking good. Um, can we just tweet CM Punk and asking him who was the, uh, who was the better promo this week? No, oh. because I can guarantee it was Booker fucking T, because David Arquette stuttered through the whole thing and then ended it by saying, I love you, Booker T. <laughs> it was so adorable, but it wasn't right. Based on based on how they've approached it, ask CM Punk, would you rather fight David Arquette or Seth Rollins? Now, see... I'm liking everything you're putting out, but I do want to propose something else. I want to hedge our bets. Do we tweet PCO and tell him that we'll take Ghazi? Or even better, we <laughs> just tweet, I take Blake Tanner. Fuck Ghazi. I am not taking him, but I'll take, I'll take Blake. You t- Wait. 
That's just worse. That's worse for me, though. No, we're not. Bud, ha- Slamilton, we're not going to fucking final battle. Oh, they Bud, get- okay, yeah, fuck that, white noise. We're slamming. There's a thousand dollars with the prize. We could use it to buy Hamilton tickets. My name is Alexander Slamilton. <laughs> My name is Alexander Slamilton. I would, I would go to fucking see Hamilton. Does PCO follow us yet? I feel like PCO should follow us. Let's get PCO to follow us. Fuck it. I said we're gonna bring Blake Tanner just to see final. Just I said okay. So I said so we're definitely gonna bring Blake Tanner just to see Hamilton. Oh, and final battle too. I guess if we have time. <laughs> Put in parentheses if we have time. Okay, so Blakey T. We've got a little bit of business to do, and I guess I'm kind of happy Dylan didn't show up because now the show won't be five hours long because we have to do predictions for TakeOver and Survivor Series, and it's gonna be buck fucking wild. I'm just gonna let you know right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be lit, <laughs> as the kids say. This is the least convincing you've ever been of it. You're an actor, and this is like, this is the least convincing. It's gonna be a great weekend. So, let's start with NXT TakeOver War Games. And starting War off- War Games! Is, yep, there it is. And starting off, there is a triple threat to determine who's gonna go on to face Adam Cole the following night at uh, Survivor Series for the title. And I will say, hey, what the fuck? Why are we not getting The Fiend versus Brock Lesnar versus Adam Cole? I want to watch Adam Cole get tossed around like a ragdoll for that an hour. That would be really fun, actually, because that, that was what I was hoping for originally. Yeah, but it is uh, Killian Dane versus... But I can't remember his name. I just know him as Bow and Arrow Boy versus Pete Dunn. And it is a triple threat, but we are going to break triple threat rules because Dylan's not here. Yeah, and it is just going to be Pete Dunn. Like, I'm not going to lose points. It is Pete Dunn, right? Like, it can't not be Pete Dunn. It's always been Pete Dunn. Oh, Damien Priest, that's his name. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've only seen him, like, once or twice. Now, replacing uh, a injured Johnny Gargano is Matt Riddle in the worst trade deal in possibly the history of trade deals ever. Uh, so Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Is there a universe where Matt Riddle wins this? Dun. No. Dun, dun. <laughs> no. Dun, 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 dun. No. All right, up next, we've got the Ladies' War Games match, which is... War Games! Thank you. Okay, that's just, that's gonna be the thing, is what's happening now. Rio, I don't have the list in front of me, but all I know is Rhea Ripley leads one team, Shayna Baszler leads the other, uh, Kaylee Ray is on the heel team, Bianca Del... uh, Bianca Del Rio. Bianca um, Belair is on the heel team for some reason. I never thought of her as a heel. Um, I think one of Shayna's little cronies is on there. Yes, yes. Um, and they're all gonna lose because the baby faces have got it. Yeah, we were we were agreed on that one. So fuck it. Well, I mean, this—it's the only logical thing because you have Rio win clean, and then Rhea can go on to be like, 
I I beat you. I, I beat you and your entire team in war games. Let me have a title shot. Cut to NXT TakeOver Tampa, where Rhea Ripley finally dethrones Shayna Baszler and wins the NXT Women's Championship. That is my dream board. It is not going to happen, but that's my dream board. That would be good, though. That would be really good. And now the men's war games match, which is fucking, I don't, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Donovan Dijakovic. Which, war games! Sorry, I missed there, that one. There it is. Uh, which, what the fuck is that team? And then a fourth man versus Undisputed Era. And I picked, I was going to pick Undisputed Era. That was my pick. But I'm picking Team NXT because here is my logic. I'm thinking after Team NXT wins, Triple H is going to come out and be like, yeah, tomorrow at Survivor Series, uh, there's going to be Team Raw, Team SmackDown, and Team NXT. And I need, and you four have made it onto Team NXT with one other man, me. And then it will be. Tommaso Ciampa, Triple H, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, fifth guy, Velveteen Dream, basically, in the Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT Survivor Series match. <sighs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll beat Team NXT, too. <laughs> okay. I was going to do Undisputed Era, but I di- I'm not, look, I'm just not, I'm not risking it tonight. Yeah. I'm not risking uh, your fucking weird ass logic and somehow it prevails. Uh-huh. Then uh let's skip over to Survivor series and we'll start with something that has a connection to NXT. Adam Cole versus, I guess in our case, Pete Dunne for the NXT World Heavyweight Championship. Adam Cole's fucking winning, right? Like I don't see a world where off of no build-up and no storyline, they just randomly give Pete Dunne the title. I wouldn't mind it, but that would also basically be the time that on NXT UK they had Pete Dunne and Rhea Ripley both at the same time be champions, and I, I, can't, I can't have them do that again. Oh, so shit, that's what's gonna happen. Hold on. D-U-N-N-E. Wait, yep. oh, no, damn it! <laughs> All right. Well, Blake's picked Pete Dunn, and I've got a, I've got old Adam Cole, baby. This is it's going to be completely ruined if Dunn doesn't win, which could also equally be a bullshit finish. All right. Now, do you want to just pick, um, just go through the ones that are obvious? So, like Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, we could both got Wyatt. Wyatt. Brock Lesnar versus Ray fucking Mysterio. Bro. Ray. No. Yeah. I will say. Becky, Bailey, and Baszler yeah. is both the hardest pick and the easiest pick for me. It was, yeah, because it's... I. So we both picked Bailey, but because it's the one that makes sense and I think is the most deserved right now. I also think it's the one that makes the most sense and the least sense. This is a buck wild match that makes no sense and I'm just going to say Bailey's going to win because Becky and Baszler are going to be too focused on each other, allowing Bailey to sneak in and get a cheat victory. I hope so because that would be fantastic and it would really give her something to go on. Now, 
the Wall Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. I see you've gone back to the well for your pick. Yeah, so for some reason, I've just got New Day on the brain. Yeah. Is it because you get to watch all the good, good Xavier Woods videos and now you're like, oh, I miss him. Yep, I miss him. I got Undisputed Era because I am in my head trying to... There's five inner intergender, inner uh, brand matches, and I'm trying to think of who's going to win, who's going to lose. I think two of the brands are going to get two points each, and then one's going to be the losing team. In my case, it's going to be Team Raw, so I wanted to give Team NXT something, so I gave Undisputed Era the victory over that one. That's fine. I, I understand the logic there, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. This is the, uh, this is the company that um made SmackDown lose Survivor Series how many years in a row? Yeah. Because it was the smaller show that then got bought by fucking Fox for 5 billion dollars. Yup. Uh AJ Shinsuke and Roderick Strong which we've already said in the past has been set in stone because I made a dookie bad joke about fucking Do you the know fact- the worst thing about your dookie bad joke is it fucked me the worst. I don't know. Strong could strong could pull it out. But you are not as convincing as Dylan on these things. To keep uh, to keep things in uh, to remind people, I did say Shinsuke is the king of strong styles, and so I said I picked him, and then Dylan forced me to actually pick him. So Dylan has AJ. I've got Roddy, or I've got uh, Shinsuke, and you've got Roddy. Now, now, unless AJ and Shinsuke focus on each other too much and allow Roddy to get the win, that could yeah. work in my favor. All right, now we've got the men and the women's Survivor Series, which I don't... Would you like to pull up the teams? Because all I know... Okay, right now, on the men's, so we'll start with the men's, we've got Team NXT, who has completely not been announced right now. I fully believe it's going to be whoever wins War Games plus Triple H. Uh, you've got Team Raw that is Seth Rollins, Seth. Drew McIntyre, oh, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. Now keep in mind, this is also after Trips came out on Raw and basically said like, "Hey, OKO, you want to come back, baby? Wouldn't it be great to come on my show, baby?" Basically, versus <laughs> Team SmackDown, which is Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, got his name back, baby. Braun yep. Strowman, uh, King Corbin, and Shorty G. Can I just... He's not my heel of the week this week, but Shorty G's fucking outfit is the most ridiculous bullshit on this planet. Um, I if you don't know it. who that is, that is Chad Gable, by the way, y'all. I saw it, finally. Like, I finally watched SmackDown and saw Shorty G in that dumbass outfit, and it is the worst thing I've ever seen. Worse than Cassius Ono. Like, it, Cassius Ono makes it work because he's got some swag, but Chad Gable's still walking around like he's an Olympic fucking wrestler while he's looking like a member of the fucking Toon Squad, and it doesn't make... I hate it. So, Team Raw. <laughs> Team Raw, baby, they've got it. Team Raw. Well, I'm picking. I'm picking SmackDown. I could see that. With me, with Team Raw, I think Kevin is going to be the one to pull it out. I think Kevin's going to be the one to, like, go against Triple H and be like, Nope, I'm going to I'm gonna be the king of Raw, because this is where I deserve the main roster. And then starts a rivalry with Triple H, which would be very, very good. You now, could be on Kevin the spreadsheet, versus... you do have Team NXT picked. I do? Yeah. 
Oopsies. Oopsies poopsies. Um, so Team NXT's totally getting it. And uh, it's because... <laughs> Team NXT's got it, baby, because Triple H. (laughs) No, I feel like, actually, in all logic, Team NXT winning is your best move, because then it's going to give them the bump in the ratings. So this is fully a ratings war move that I'm going to say this is, is because they need a bump in the ratings, and them beating literally Raw and SmackDown would give them that. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good. It's a good point, but I still think that SmackDown is because SmackDown also needs a bump, and it's also. I think that that's going to be their pleasing Fox episode. I can see that. Um, now on to the women's match, which will be the Fox pleasing segment, because we've got. Oh wait, hold on. Did I say team? This is when I said Team Raw for. Damn it! I forgot all my predictions. I've waited too long. Well, see, I do, uh, for team, my logic with team raw is literally Charlotte's on it. That's it. That's my only logic for why, why they're fucking winning is because I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, Charlotte's on it. Of course she's winning. Yeah. I just don't see the strength in team SmackDown, which may be, I mean, Sasha is basically the one holding that one together right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, raw has Charlotte. And it has fucking Kyrie Sane and Asuka. You've got, like, the most, the best women you got on Team Raw. And also, Charlotte can then, after this, go on to heal it up and be like, I led us to victory. I was the last woman standing, and that is why I need to fight Becky Lynch for the title. Because they're just gonna keep doing that until Ronda Rousey returns at fucking the Royal Rumble to get a rematch at WrestleMania. And it's gonna be garbage, and I'm gonna hate it. It's gonna be, yep, that's what that's gonna be. So I'm with you on Team Raw. Yeah, because Team NXT doesn't doesn't seem strong enough right now, and Team SmackDown definitely doesn't seem strong enough right now. Who's on Team NXT right now? It's Rhea Ripley. Um, is Sh- and Shayna's not on it because she's in that other match. Hold on a second, because I know they they came out last week on SmackDown and attacked Bailey. So let me see. Um, I know Dakota Kai's on it. I love Dakota Kai. I'm sl- she's slowly getting over with me, but it's a bunch of people who don't seem as strong of a unit as Team Raw is. So that is why I'm not picking Team NXT. So. For now, Blakey T, we've gone entirely too long. My 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 lighting rig is making me sweat. So let's just get into our heels and baby faces of the week. Do we want to do? I just heel- do both of mine because they're the same thing. Well, I was gonna start with my heel, your heel, then your baby face, so you could do it in a tight little package. All right, that's fine. My heel is fucking Rusev because. He was asked how he is responding to the fans' response to the Lana angle. And he goes, I love it. It is the hottest storyline in WWE right now. We got the most views on YouTube in several years. Uh, uh, like, And then the video didn't. Like, He just straight up lied about that. It did not get that much. And he just goes off about like, oh no, I think these keyboard warriors don't understand the fact that what we do is drama. Like, Game of Thrones has drama like this. Game of Thrones has stuff like this. And I'm sitting here like, 
Game of Thrones, we don't, we know for a fact Jason Momoa isn't fucking married to one of the members of the crew. We know for a fact, like, it's not awkward because we're like, oh, they're all actors. There's no actual real life shit going on behind the scenes here. Yeah. It's just... And I hate the term keyboard warrior because that is the perfect way in any case just to denounce any type of criticism because then it just becomes like, oh, I see you're just a keyboard warrior. That's all you are. You're just sitting over there in front of your keyboard. You're not here actually in the ring knowing what we're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but I've watched it long enough to know what the fuck's wrong. And I know when stuff's good and when stuff's bad. Yeah, my favorite uh, metaphor for that is I don't need to be a baker and know how to bake to know when you've baked shitty bread. Yes. And I mean, like, it's so bad that when I went to, we talked about it on BS, Nelson's Distillery in Nashville before AEW, New listener, by the way, because one of the one of the people I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, I love wrestling. I watch it every Monday. And I'm like, I'm sorry. She goes, I just love how dumb it is. It's just so dumb. And that's what draws me to it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's so good when it's good. Like the reason why it's the hottest storyline in WWE right now is because of idiots like me who are like, I just want to see how bad it's gotten. I want to see how dumb this has gotten. It's not because what you're doing is good or smart or good storytelling. It is because it is getting so dumb that people are like, well, I gotta see what happens next. Oh, God. It It is watching a slow-motion car crash, and it just, it disappoints me because... This is the kind of shit that separates the... I don't want to call Rusev not a real wrestler, because he is, and he's done a lot of great things throughout his career. But it separates the guys like John Moxley and CM Punk from guys like Rusev. Because when Moxley was handed shit, or Punk was handed shit, you could see it in their performances. Like, you could see... like I mean, the last year of CM Punk, like when he shaved the beard, had the Wolverine chops... I, w- I was starting to be like, I don't like CM Punk. He just doesn't have that same fire and passion. And then that podcast came out and he was like, yeah, I just didn't have the same fire and passion, passion. after and I lost like, the time. Oh, yeah, well, there it is. And then same shit with Moxley. Like, if that separates the artist wrestlers from the wrestler wrestlers, I guess, if that yeah, makes sense. The ones, I mean, you know, there are certain, and I don't blame anybody for it, but like, you know, when you're just ready for the paycheck. Yeah, that's when you know that it's like, and there are plenty of people that would just be in it for the paycheck, and I don't blame them at all. He's got a nice house. He's got a hot wife. Oh, I got I got heated over that one. <laughs> Damn, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna step away. You talk about your heel of the week. All right, he's. I will say one thing about Rusev. He is living his best life. It's just not one that's passionate about wrestling. Yeah. Um. So my heel of the week is randy orton's twitter game yep and this is only because of something that just happened yesterday it was so good it was one of those things that i saw people joke about on twitter and then went like 
wait, what happened? And then looked it up and just, like, had to step away from my phone for a few minutes. Like, oh, fuck, that happened. So, be- and it mentions the tweet that you uh, talked about earlier that CM Punk said about him trying to catch up on wrestling for five years, or the five oh, years yeah, of yeah. wrestling. Um, so, starting out, after he made that tweet, Tony Khan made a, uh, a reply to it. If we may... In that tweet, he tags, like, Steph, and he tags, um, Renee and all the backstage crew. He also tags Vince and Tony Khan. He did tag Tony Khan at the very end. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. Uh, my favorite was, uh, someone put Tony Khan and Vince after getting tweeted, tweeted at together by CM Punk, and it was the fucking video of Paul Rudd going like, hey, look at us. Whoever thought we'd be here? Not me. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Tony said, no one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia, which is a good burn. (laughs) It's a good, and I will say, a safe burn. It is not a Seth Rollins going too far burn. It is a fun, playful jab, which AEW has mastered. Yeah, you're really good at. Um, and then Randy comes in, and Orton posts this weird article from, like, two years ago, I think, where, um, Tony's father, um, has, was accused of, like, corruption and stuff. Also, Tony, Tony's dad, not Tony, not the owner of AEW, Tony's dad. Tony's dad. Um, and he just didn't say anything other than, like, something shit about glass houses and stones or whatever. Not even a good, not even a good comeback, honestly. Honestly. To which Tony responds, and Tony Khan's Twitter game is my baby face of the week, to just let you know so I can read this tweet. Yeah. I thought you only tagged me in your post when you were grasping for leverage. The article's over a year old, plus it's about baseless claims made about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do? Nothing? Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. Now, if it was just you used the N-word on Twitch terrible clapback but because the that was not the clapback the clapback was him just being like what the fuck are you doing that article is ridiculous it's bullshit and then at the end just tagging on just like a little body shot at the end just a small one and everyone on twitter was focusing on that they're like really that's all you've got against randy and he's like i'm not i wasn't trying to go against randy i was defending my dad and then just decided to throw in a little jab at the end and to be honest, I think that it... I'm going to keep going down because Brandy Rhodes responded to Tony. Oh, saying, she did? Yes. That's the end of the fight, period, TKO. And it was about that last little jab because whatever it was, it was more of the... It was the small thing that comes in at the end that gives the knockout because as I bet Brandy has had to deal with her own share of, like, bullshit... In her line of work, working for WWE as long as she did. Um, to which, I'm going to skip a couple of other things. But it okay. comes down, somebody uh, tagged Cody in a response. Well, why didn't you tell us Brandy was goddamn lethal weapon? She's out here decimating fools. And Cody responds, oh, it's not difficult with this subject matter. Racism is trash. We're divided enough. Wrestling should bring folks together. I'm sorry. I I fully agree with everything you're saying. I'm real excited about all the good, good AEW things. But Gazi sent me a picture, 
because he had to leave and he was just like, hey, by the way, when you get a moment, check your check your messenger for um, for something about Shorty G. And it is a picture of Shorty G right next to Melvin, the superhero from fucking Jeff Dunham. <laughs> it looks exactly the same. That's like real. Like I'm going to die. I can't right now. I can't with this. All right. That's real good. That that's real good. Oh man, it's about to be sent to you, but I want to talk about my baby face of the week, Blake, and it's not a professional wrestler. It is not a booker. It is someone who works behind the scenes, the true unsung he- heroes of pro wrestling. I want to talk about a security guard. And it was, it was a security guard who would not take any shit because we sit down in our seats. And she's, like, talking to people, messing with them. And at one point, I look at her and I say, hey, just joking, like, hey, if no one shows up here, we can sit in these seats, right? We can move up. And she goes, if you do, I'll have to kick you out. And I went, wait, no, 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 no. And she goes, I mean, if you sit there, I'll just check your ticket and make you move back to your seat. And I'm like, oh, 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 you don't take shit. And I'm like, so you'd kick me out? She goes, no, 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 I'd call... I'd call fucking security and watch them kick you out. It's a lot more fun that way. And I'm like, I fucking love you. I love you. You put your foot down and I respect that. Cut to nearing the end of the show. So it's the main event, so everybody's excited. So everybody in our section is like standing, like, fuck yeah, it's going on. There are people behind us in the stands, and they are in like the first three rows, which are arguably shit seats because the beauty of a stand is you get to go up higher so you can get a good vantage point but if you get closer to the ground you get a worse vantage point and a guy very drunk which a guy had already drunkenly come up to me and like gave me a too sweet and was like that's right brother i love your shirt and then walked away and i'm like all right and she looks at me like do you know him i said no he's just drunk okay i'll keep an eye on him then but another drunk guy comes up and is just like trying to try to get on into our section to see the ring. And she goes, no, no, you can't be in this section. This is not your section. This is not your seat. And he goes, then tell them all to sit down. That's your job. Your job is to tell all these people to sit down. She goes, that is not her job. She goes, that is not my job. My job is to make sure you don't come in their section because these people paid a lot more money than you did. And at this point i'm lucky i hadn't been drinking because i was tempted to stand up and be like yeah go back to i was about to mjf all over this dude just like go back to your fucking poor seats and then go eat at applebee's after this and cry into your one dollar margarita get the fuck out of my my uh my section but you know i'm also smart and i'm like (laughs) that would have led to a fight and led to me getting kicked out of AEW, and that's not something that i wanted So instead... On your permanent record. Yes. And then they start screaming at her from the stands. Tell them to sit down. Come on, you dumb bitch. Oh, no. Yeah. They were were calling her like a whore and going hard on this woman. At which point, your boy, (laughs) intelligently, just walks up to her. Hey, um, I don't mean to be a bother, but... 
the people behind us are really causing a loud ruckus, and it is disrupting my enjoyment of this AEW wrestling event. Is there any way we could call security over and have them talk to them? And she just looks up at me with this big-ass grin and is like, fuck yes, I can. And she calls security to come talk to them. That's really fucking good. So all the mad respect in the world goes to that woman because she was having none of it. She was like, yeah, they paid for these seats. They're allowed to stand up and do whatever the fuck they want. And uh, you can eat my whole asshole if you want to mess with me right now. So props to that woman at AEW. She was fantastic. That's good. Yeah, that was was the best part. That was the best part of the whole thing. Uh, All the wrestling is fine. (laughs) Yeah, Darby Allin challenging Moxley to a match. Fuck it. I got this chick here. Yeah. The year was 1969. The U.S. was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something, I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine, and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really. Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? Board and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this TV. So, Blake Tanner, we've talked Survivor Series, NXT TakeOver, and talked a lot about the fact that CM Punk is back, and we're super excited about that. But what I'm excited for is a different pay-per-view. It's not Survivor Series. It's not NXT TakeOver. It is JXT TakeOver and JWF Los Trios Tangos, which is coming up this Sunday. In order to find out what the full card's going to be, I guess we got to go over over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who knows it takes three to tango. It's Captain Tibbs. That's right, Silver's the most deadly dance in the universe. That's right, Tibbs, because this Sunday is JWF Los Trios Tangos, a pay-per-view that is, in fact, has that match, the Los Trios Tangos match, where two teams of three face off in a deadly elimination match. And, Tibbs, let me tell you something. You have got probably the biggest match in Los Trios Tangos history this Sunday when you are joining Momoa Curry and another man who is yet to be announced, and you are facing the team of La Flambeau that is headed by one of the most horrifying individuals I've ever seen in a JWF ring. That is correct, Silv. It it is not the first time that we have fought against this creature, against this 
greater being known as the Leviathan. And, and I honestly thought that my days of doing something like this were behind me, but this is going to be uh, pivotal for not only the JWF, but the world as a whole. And I will fight for them as much as possible. That's right, Tamsin. Speaking of matches that are going to be pivotal, I want to talk to you about the International Waters match, a match you came up with where eight men are going to be in a devastating ladder match to determine who will become the new number one contender. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. These are all new faces, faces we've never really seen in that JWF championship spot. And I got to say, at the end of the day, I, I think at the end of that pay-per-view, whoever is number one contender, it's going to be a completely new face. Oh, 100%, Silves. That's, that's the whole point of this match. The International Waters match is the fact that there are no rules just right. That's right, Tibbs. And in fact, you, you announced earlier today that you are going to start this show by announcing the eight men that are going to be in that match. We already know a few. The returning team of the Rat Sension, Houston Longhorn, Flunky, Funky Flossie, pardon me, the two call-ups from JXT. But why don't you head to the ring right now and let us know who's going to be else. Well, since you insist... <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday, I'm going to be in for one of the biggest fights of my life. Now listen here, I'm not going to mince words with you. Old Tibsy, I could get injured. I could get hurt. They could put me on life support. This may be the last match that I ever have, and I might die in that ring for all of you. Which is why, in my possible absence... I needed to make sure that the JWF could and would go on without me. I need to make sure that this nation will live on when old Tibbs is gone. Which is why I'm proud to announce the competitors for this International Waters match. <clears throat> As you know, it is an eight-man match. A ladder match that is going to make someone an instant and complete star in this company. They're going to kill each other out there if I have anything to say about it. If there's a time and a place to make your reputation in this country, company, it's going to be this match. <clears throat> so, as we announced last week, the team of the Rat Sension, that's two, Houston Longhorn and Funky Flossie are going to be our first four men. Some fresh blood, some rat blood, I know, it's fine. But in addition to that, we are going to have Houston's tag team partner, Sam Adams, added into the match itself. We're going to put him in the mix. See what kind of barley and hops he can throw into it. We're going to have the Lumberjack. That seven foot tall redwood tree giant of a man. And finally, A.J. Steele. A man who probably hasn't gotten enough, enough opportunity in this company because he's been trying to peddle all of his useless bullshit items he's trying to sell. But that's alright! He may be a complete and total asshole, but honestly, the man can go. So, I think that's all the competitors, really, for the International Waters match, the eight-man match uh, for all the marbles, as it were, and I uh, one Shit. Damn it. Uh, that's seven, isn't it? Ah. Uh, Alright, well, I guess we're just missing a man. Uh, uh, I don't know, someone. Uh, somewhat. 
Look, the, the problem is now, I haven't brought anyone else in for this match. I, I haven't brought anybody else. Old Tibbsy's kind of been scraping the bottom of the barrel. I haven't brought some random schmo, so I've just had to go into my old stock, into the ten-year-aged barrel of Tibbs and bring back a king! And that is right, I'm bringing back the king of Flavortown, Guy Fieri! Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, Guy Fieri making his return to the JWF after a few short months. We most recently saw him in the finals of the Kings of the Steel City Tournament, a match he won for the past two years. And after his loss this year, I'll be honest, I thought it was the end of Guy Fieri for good in this company. But he has returned and he is walking down to that ring right now. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Welcome back to the JWF. Now, I know you had to take a few months off after uh, failing to win the King of the Steel City Tournament. I, I understand that completely, but uh, I need to know something. I need to know something before you're in this match for good. I know you're looking good. You look fantastic as always, but uh, how are you feeling heading into this match, buddy? Well, Tibbs, uh, I gotta say, I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel. Heading into this big return, wasn't sure how the people were gonna react, how my body was gonna hold up, but the fact of the matter is, I was born to win this match. Ever since coming into this company, I've had a hell of a lot of gold around my big old waist, and I've also been betrayed every step along the way. And each and every one of those betrayals has taught me to not rely on the men in that locker room. To not rely on any partners by my side. This Sunday, I'm walking in alone. One man, one king of Flavortown. And I'm going to walk out as one number one contender. And you know something? I'll put Momoa Curry on blast right now because I am prepped. I've been ready and I know how to stir some curry. Because, Momoa, I know you beat a lot of men this year. Demons, brunch boys, but you never came toe-to-toe -to -toe with the king of Flavortown. And I'll show you just how quickly I can put you down with a snack attack and put an end to your reign as JWF champion. Because you might be god of the JWF, but I am the king of Flavortown, and there's never been a curry too spicy for guy. Fieri! Well, looks like Guy Fieri is prepped and ready. He is excited and ready to head into this match. And Tibbs, I know we gotta stay non-biased, but if I had to make a quick prediction, I gotta say Guy Fieri is my pick to win that whole match. Sills, there's a reason that I brought him into this match. I think that two-time king of the Steel City, honestly, someone that deserves this championship shot. Uh, it would be crazy not to put him in this match. He's here. He's ready. And look at him. He is hungry. That's right, Tibbs. And he could be making history this Sunday. And speaking of making history, let's talk about the first ever Los Cuatro's Tangos match. Where we're not going to have three men on both sides, but four. 
It was announced last week after Clint Clouds, a man who we never thought we'd see in the JWF again, returned to assist his sons in the VWO in the battle against the Dynasty. And then that match was announced, but Tibbs, it ain't no normal match. It is a winner-take-all match for the uh, Dynasty's JWF Tag Team titles and the JWF Captain's Championship. And I, I love a stipulation like that, Sills. When you put everything on the line, when there is everything to lose and everything to gain, oh, that just gets my blood right where it needs to be. BAC 4.0, baby. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, let's not forget, just a few short years ago, we saw this exact situation as Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, Scott Moore, the men in the dynasty, took on the VWO in a winner-take-all match. And that match actually forced the VWO out of the company. They weren't allowed back in. But, of course, they made their return a little bit earlier last year. And they've been dominant ever since. 100% sales that the complete 180 that the VWO has turned. I, I, I'm amazed at how much they care about fighting for these championships now, so I, I, I'm going to tell you, Sills, I, I don't know. I think they're just hungry enough to win. That's right, Tibbs, but of course, speaking of that match, we know how the VWO feel about that stipul stipulation, but no one's spoken to the Dynasty since it's been announced. In fact, not since the return of Clint Clouds have we even seen the Dynasty in the JWF, but we have got one of our top interviewers backstage with Scotty Moore, the leader of the Dynasty, and I'm sure he's got a response to the VWO. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Dad McDonald backstage with a man who are going to be making history this Sunday in the first ever Los Cuatros Tangos match, The Dynasty. Now, boys, last week the VWO came out. They added an extra stipulation to your match claiming that it was winner take all. Whoever walks out victorious walks out with the JWF tag titles and the captain's titles. I mean, I got to know, how do you react to this added stipulation? Well, firstly, I do want to say thank you for acknowledging a fact that not many consider we are making history this Sunday. It's honestly something that's not occurred to me because, you see, the dynasty, we make history every time we step into this ring. I mean, we've got Blake Tanner, the longest-running JWF champion of the modern era. We have got the Dylan, one of the first men to defeat Momoa Curry after a years-long streak of the god of the JWF not being pinned. Scott Moore, the first-ever cash-in-the-bag champion. And then you've got me, Scotty Moore, a man who makes history every single time I step into that ring because when I go between those ropes, it's going to be the best damn match you'll see all year. But you see, here's the thing. I don't understand what the VWO is all about. This whole revenge angle they're trying to spin with this match. They're saying that this match is about getting revenge on us for defeating them at Los Trios Tangos two years ago. But you see, I don't understand that because the people they should be blaming for that loss is themselves. Because it was a damned wrestling match. We walked in to win and we did exactly that. It's not our fault that they are a team, a family made up of failures. You see, at the end of the day, in that match, the VWO were the worst team, just like they're going to be this Sunday. 
But yeah, we're the bad guys, right? Yeah, that's we're the ones that get booed. We're the ones that everybody wants to jeer because, oh, no, we got the VWO kicked out of the JWF, but they came back, didn't they? They went back on their words. Hypocrites to a fault, but no, 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 that's okay because, because what? Because Travis put on a dumb mask and the other three just started smiling and waving at the audience. You see, that's the kind of sheer hypocrisy that the JWF universe loves to eat up. The VWO return. They get cheered. Momoa Curry returns after the Dylan literally retires him in a match and he gets cheered. You see, the JWF universe, they just love when people go back on their words. But for those of us who have stayed here and we kick ass week in and week out, what do we get? Huh? Huh, McDonald? You want to answer that? We get booed. And we get assaulted by these so-called fans for no damned reason. But you know something? We'll give them a reason to boo this Sunday. We'll give them a damn good reason to boo when we take the VWO and send their skulls crashing into the mat and make them wish they never return to this company. It will show everyone why we are a dynasty. And the VWO, they're just hypocrites. Well, Tim, strong words there from Scotty Moore. And I gotta say... Uh, a little part of me agrees with them. I mean, the VWO, they were the worst team that night. And in a way, they did go back on their words, returning to the company. I, I understand that, Sills. I, I understand that the VWO were kicked out. But you know what, Sills? I, I am a man of second chances. And when the VWO returned, I decided to let them come back. I decided that they were genuine. I decided that they were going to be the ones to win. I decided that they reminded me a little bit of me and two other guys and their dad. (laughs) That's right, Tibbs, but I mean... Talking about those two other men, I can't help but you feel you're talking about Momoa Curry and this this infamous third man you keep speaking of, the men who defeated the Leviathan and La Flambeau so many years ago in a Los Trios match, sending the Leviathan back down to hell. But I mean, Tibbs, you were talking to me earlier today, and I, I gotta know what the hell's a Trinity bomb? You're telling me about this. Okay. I'm going to have to go back a little bit further for that, so so please indulge an old man as he tells his story. A long time ago, when the Leviathan threatened everything and everyone, three men, three godlike beings, three who were above all others, came together and put that Leviathan down. And those three men were... Momoa Curry, the Leviathan's brother, who, while they could go toe-to-toe at any time, every time, Momoa just couldn't do it alone. The second man was myself, Captain Tibbs, Lord of all he surveyed, descendant of the mighty, and someone who understood every single person in the world. And, and who, who was the third man, Tibbs? Who was it? Sills, I find it very hard. Okay, fine. I'm just gonna, ah, damn it. 
fuck shit ass. It was Felix Ball, okay? Wait, what? It was Felix Ball. It was like the the Canadian the Canadian guy, the one who's just always messing around, got the lumberjack and all that. What what the hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Felix Ball, Lord of the Underworld, also known as Canada. He was at one time one of our greatest allies. He was my best damn friend in the whole world. He understood the business more than anybody. He he created, he was such a genius. He created this thing called the Trinity Bomb. A triple power bomb so amazing that it took the energy of every single living person who knew and cared about our company, who cared about professional wrestling, put it into a single triple power bomb. And that is what we used to seal the Leviathan away. All of that power, all of that might coming from that one amazing mind of Felix Ball. Because that's what he's got, Sills. That's why I hate him so much every time, because he is better than me in so many ways. Well, Tibbs, unfortunately, as I look in the ring, all I see is Momoa Curry, and then we've got you. I don't see Felix Ball, anybody out there. I, I don't even think he's in the arena tonight. No. That's because he won't come, Sills. That's because he turned his back on us. After we defeated the Leviathan, he decided to carve out his own little bit of the world for himself and only himself. He brought me in to the Canadian wrestling scene. He brought me in to make something special so we can build what we had built down here and in the rest of the world. And he turned his damn back on me. And he humiliated me. And he cast me out. All because of his own selfish ambitions. Well, Tibbs, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but that puts you down a man. Like you said, this Trinity Bomb, it takes three people to work. And Momoa Curry is in our ring right now, and I, I hope he's found somebody. Once again, Momoa Curry stands in this ring. Alone. I've asked every damned person in that locker room to join me and Captain Tibbs as we battle against the devil himself this Sunday, and they've all... They've all said no. And I don't blame them. I really don't. Because this Sunday, it's going to be an all-out holy war against the biggest monster this world has ever seen. So I understand why I've seen such cowardice in that locker room, but... I'd be lying if I said it didn't disappoint me. But if Tibbs and I have to walk in alone, we will walk in alone. We'll find a way to defeat that beast without the Trinity Bomb if we have to. But as far as the... the Tibbs! Tibbs, it's the music of Felix Ball. Like I said, I thought he wasn't here tonight, but he's coming out of the ring. and It, it looks like he's got some words from Momoa Curry. Whoa, 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 there, boy. You want to talk about asking everybody in the locker room? Well, unfortunately, there's one person you haven't asked, and that's old Felix Ball. And I just gotta know why. Why, Curry? Was that not good enough for you and old Tibbsy like I was the last time? What, are you too afraid? Afraid you're gonna get shown up again? Afraid that Felix Ball is gonna steal your thunder? Or maybe 
You're afraid that you're going to leave us high and dry again, you damn coward! You Judas! You left Momoa and I to die out there in the rest of the world as you smiled and took everything for yourself! Uh, you uh, absolute no, no, no. piece wait, wait. of trash, you hold, hold, hold on, I'm gonna come Tibbs, up there and Tibbs, Tibbs! Hold on. You know something, Ball? You're right. I didn't ask you. Because my team has no place for traitors like you. My team has no place for someone who's going to run when the going gets tough like you did. Oh, I'm sorry, are you forgetting that I'm the one who came up with the idea for the Trinity Bomb in the first place? A move so devastating that it'd send a demon straight back to hell, yeah. You see, that was all me. That was my thing. You see, I may not like you, and I may not like Tibbs, but I know how to beat those bastards this Sunday, and you gotta accept that in that locker room, there's only one obvious man for your team. Um... Tibbs? Uh, I... Uh, God damn it. Momoa, I hate to say it, but... He's right. He's right. Well, I guess with... Ah! Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, Honeypot and, and Mojo Gruff, two-thirds of La Flambeau coming out of from nowhere, attacking Momoa and Captain Tibbs from behind. It looks like La Flambeau, they're not waiting for Los Trios Tangos. They're getting the battle started tonight. And, and Felix Ball, Felix Ball, that bastard, is leaving. He's just leaving these two to die in the center of the ring. Felix Ball, he's laughing at seeing the punishment that is being put down on Momoa Curry and Captain Tibbs. Meanwhile, Mojo climbing up to the top rope as Honeypot, oh my God, with a vicious choke slam on Captain Tibbs. And ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say it, we may need to, we need, may need to find a new main event for this Sunday because this is a horrifying brawl going down right now. Looks like Mojo Gruff getting ready for the Bayou Dive as Honeypot just holds down Momoa Curry. But wait a minute! It's the music! The music of Chuck Tibbs! Captain Tibbs' son rushing to the ring with a barbed wire damned bat in his hands! And it doesn't look like he's playing around! Teeing off on Mojo Gruff with a big shot to the stomach! Blood pouring from the midsection of the voodoo man from the Bayou! Honeypot trying to run some interference, but Chuck Duggan in a clothesline attempt, and he's got him! He's got the demon for a DD Tibbs straight down onto that barbed wire bat! And ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Tibbs has just leveled two thirds of the flambeau! And ladies and gentlemen, it's like Chuck helping Momoa get his father back up to his feet! I mean, Captain Tibbs, his body is limp, it is broken, but. Oh my god, it looks like Tibbs has the microphone and he's got something to say. God damn, you know something? I hate to say it, but Felix Paul was right. There is one obvious man for this team. For this trio, and I never thought I'd say it. In a million years, I never wanted this, but I never wanted to accept it. The truth is, only a Tibbs can help end the world. 
In the world this Sunday. Damn it, son, come here. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, in the center of the ring, Captain Tibbs embracing his son, Chuck. And it looks like Momoa Curry has found that third man for his team. And it's not Felix Ball, it is Captain Tibbs' son himself, Chuck. And ladies and gentlemen, in this ring, after seeing what Chuck can do, I gotta say, we've got one hell of a main event coming up this Sunday at Los Trios Tangos. We are gonna see these three men, Chuck Tibbs, Captain Tibbs, and Momoa Curry taking on the team of La Flambeau. Of course, the two men we see laying at ringside, Mojo Gruff and Honeypot. But of course, their leader, the devastating man known as the Leviathan, a man who brought hell itself to the JWF, but we don't just have that. We also see a Los Cuatro's Tangos match where the team of the VWO are reuniting to take on the Dynasty in a winner-takes-all match to determine not just the new tag team champions, but also the new captains champions. And then, of course... We cannot forget the International Waters match where eight men are going to go through a brutal brawl to determine who is the next number one contender to the JWF Championship. But all that's going to be found at Los Trios Tangos this Sunday. Also, be sure to check out JXT's The Snap, our developmental territory has one hell of a pay-per-view. It's so long, it's been split up into two parts. And in order to find all that, you can go to the official Fight Boys YouTube channel, ladies and gentlemen. But of course... What, to see what happens after that, to see if anything happens after that, as long as La Flambeau doesn't get their way, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Blake Tanner, it has been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? I learned that when your entire pay-per-view is triple threats, your dumb bullshit triple threat rule really goes out the window. <laughs> And I learned that if you're not passionate about your job, I get very upset, no matter how Bulgarian you are. I mean, I love you, Rusev, but come on, man! You can do better. So, Dude. Dylan can be found on Twitter, at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where could they find you? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube. And, you know, just give us a look over at the patreon.com slash BS if you want to see our BS stuff. Boy, you're really taking into taking into account the thing I said on a load of BS, or I said, you're not going to have a sip of my good, good Tennessee whiskey until we get $100 on Patreon. <laughs> and now Blake's just like every week, donate, donate, please, I want the whiskey. Exactly, just give, give me whiskey money. Actually, that's another reason we need to go to the GCW show, because we can just go to that brewery afterwards. Actually, no, that would be easier. Give us money to go to the GCW show. <laughs> uh, but of course, you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and check out all the other BS Network programs online at a load of purebs.com, including my new show, Me Again. And coming up soon is going to be the brand new show, Deviant. It is an audio drama about space marines and pirates and epic adventures. It is super cool. I think a trailer for it actually played before this. It's going to be really really exciting blake's in it i'm in it we've got a lot of really good stuff coming up and you can find all of that at a load of pure bs.com
Special thanks to Megaran, even though he couldn't be here to guest for us tonight, very last minute, for our theme song, Fighters. It's a, I mean, that, that would have been awkward if he was on the show and he was like, wait, what the fuck? I never gave you permission for this. There are contracts that have to be signed. What the fuck? You know what? As I found most of the time, all it takes is a simple yes. That's right. But of course, remember to support the show. If you can't do it on Patreon or by picking up some awesome merch, which by the way, soon coming to the uh, merch site is going to be a really awesome Fight Boys hoodie, and I'm really excited for you guys to see that. But if you can't do that, we understand. Just go to iTunes, go to Podchaser, go to wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. Give us them five stars. Shoot us up the charts. For some reason on Podchaser, we were ranked in the top audio drama podcasts, and I'll bet that was very confusing for some folks. That's really weird, but okay, I'll take it. I mean, I do have us categorized as audio drama because of JWF, but that's not that's not the main show. But it's cool, whatever. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show PCO. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life. <laughs>